Welcome to episode 140 of The Better Show. On this episode, we discuss the book Tiny Habits by Harvard behavior researcher B.J. Fogg. We dive into its practical methodology for creating new habits and breaking old ones. It is a show for people who want to get better by people who love getting better, and that's that's us. When you start thinking about all the different ways that we can improve and we can get better and we can help the people around us get better, it's such a wide world. It covers almost every aspect of human experience and daily life. I'm pretty excited about building a community of like-minded people. Hey, everybody, and welcome to The Better Show. I'm Ian Mikatel. I'm Darren Austin. And I'm Mark Rogers. And I'm so excited, guys. Today, we are talking about a book that I read. I'm holding it up on the camera here if you happen to be watching on YouTube. Teeny Habits mm-hmm. is the book. <laughs> Not to be confused with Tiny Habits. Oh, oh, I guess it, it could be tiny as well. I guess I but, could yes. be either, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, the book is Tiny Habits. Uh, that was a, a joke I told my wife. I said, I'm going to say t- Teeny Habits the entire episode until Darren or March say something and, and just make <laughs> well, it really I nipped awkward. it in the butt, I guess. <laughs> you've uh, been excited about this book for a while uh, this is this is when you've been like hey we got to do an episode on this book we got to do an episode on this book so yeah this yeah. is gonna be fun so this is the better show uh i wanted to make sure we say who we are and what we are all about if you are a new listener uh every episode we try to talk about one thing one deep dive topic how to get better at it uh we usually will commit to an experiment of some sort and report back in a future episode of how it actually went for us with this topic um we cover a wide range of stuff uh, everything from we did better wine guys to habit forming to uh, lately we've been talking about COVID. Um, coffee. We get serious. We get fun. Coffee. Yeah. You name Which it. I'm enjoying this cold brew this morning. I was telling Ian about that earlier. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and if you have uh, a friend that may enjoy the show uh, or you want to help out the show, we really recommend going to bettershow.io slash rate, R-A-T-E. Uh, you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts that really helps us out or wherever you listen to your show, your podcasts. Uh, and you can reach out to us. So uh, at The Better Show on the socials, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and the like, and Twitter. Hi at bettershow.io if you want to email us. And a lot of people do that. Uh, it's private. That's always nice. Uh, if you want to use your vo- vocal cords, it's always a good thing. one nine seven one three 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 eight zero zero seven is how to call into the show. There's a thing called a telephone. You can still use it. Uh, actually, people are using them more during COVID. So that's a good thing. Uh, talk to us. Leave us a voicemail there. And uh, you can put a one in front of that. Uh, it is international. And uh, we may use it in the show even if you would like to uh, be on the show. So yeah. that's how to get out, reach out to us. But uh, with that out of the way, guys, um, yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this today. I know, March, you in particular said you are about to read this mm-hmm. book. Yep, and I have, uh, I have it right over there on my bookshelf and uh, right here. But I decided I would hold back on, uh, on reading it until we did our episode. Um, it's interesting. See, I have a slightly different version. I don't know if you can tell. It's just white. Um, <laughs> it's just white. Yeah, it right. is actually literally mostly white with just tiny habits written in the bottom right-hand corner. Ah, uh, okay. But yeah, I decided to hold off um, because I wanted us to go through the show and I wanted to be fresh for it and really listen um, and try and... Because I really want to get the, the lessons out of this book. So yeah. I just want to be able to listen with my whole attention rather than be like, yep, yep, read that, read that. Right, right. Well, okay. Well, the way we're going to do this today, uh, and we've done this a couple times, and we thought that it's been pretty successful, is we're going to use a Q&A format. Uh, so Darren and March are going to kind of pepper me with questions, and I'll do my best to answer them. Uh, I did read the entire book. I've taken a lot of notes through it. 
Um, I really enjoyed it, I will say. Uh, I'll, I'll add a little bit at the end of the show just about kind of my summary or takeaway. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how this is going to work, guys. So cool. I figured yeah. I can, I, before you start Q&Aing me, I could start with the why it matters because that's a part of our show we usually do. Is that yeah. interesting? Yeah, well, I think that's where we should start. Okay. Why does this matter, Ian? Give it to us. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, guys. We've done episodes on habits before and habit formation. Uh, a couple times around the New Year's, we've done stuff on, mm-hmm. um, you know, how to make better habits and make them stick. Um, this book is by a guy named BJ Fogg. And so BJ Fogg is a PhD, uh, and he founded the Design Behavior or Behavior Design Lab uh, at Stanford University. And we've talked about him researching before. this stuff for, yeah, for decades yeah. at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's really kind of four reasons that he lays out in the book why this matters. The first one is, um, I, I've kind of labeled these in my own words, omnipresent. So habits mm-hmm. run our lives, and we've talked about this, and w- it's whether we want them to or not, right? Um, mm-hmm. So that's the first key one, is that the habits are everywhere, they're not going anywhere. And, and they're they, unconscious, right? They're yeah. things that you just do without having to think about them. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, they, and like, I, I just really like this notion of they literally run your life, whether you want them to or not. Like, that mm-hmm. is what, how powerful habits are. Yeah. Um, and then I mentioned, I mentioned BJ Fogg because the second part of, I think, why this book matters in particular, the one I'm holding up, is he has the authority to talk about this topic. And I think yeah. that really matters for this kind of stuff. Um, and in a way, you know, this has become a kind of popular topic, right? Uh, there has been multiple New York Times bestsellers in the last few years. Atomic Habits is one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Charles Duhigg's book that went really popular. Uh, we've talked about before. BJ Fogg was researching this stuff and has coached over 40,000 people through his design lab at Stanford years before any of this stuff was popular. Yeah. Right. He's got the data to show it too. Yeah. 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 And it really shows when you go through the book and we talk about it, like he pulls a lot of examples of like, I worked with this person, here's the story and here's why it matters. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that's the authority. This, the third one was skill. So, uh, you know, the thing that I think is really interesting that he talks about is uh, he kind of says a lot of people don't realize that habit formation is actually a skill and mm. it you matters. You mean creating a new habit. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, it, and the thing is, he says it matters that it's a skill because any once it's defined as a skill, think about it. You can it, do it. Yeah. You can get better at it, right? Yeah, you yeah, can yeah. master it. And that's a powerful concept because a lot of people think like, you know, habits are almost, uh, they're so automatic that you couldn't really get better at them if you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, or, and you have a sense of hopelessness. Well, I can't, I can't control this anyway. So I'll just kind of float along. Right. Yeah. And then the last one, so there was omnipresent authority skill. So you can master this. It is Mm -hmm. why it matters to Mm -hmm. read a book on habits is you couldn't get better at it. And then the last one, and this is my favorite is he says that, um, the code has been cracked that he's, he's cracked it through the research. And what he means by that is two things. One, uh, he, he claims that we all go about habit formation completely wrong and we're doomed to fail by the way we do it naturally. Mm. Um, and the second is he says, okay, just read this. I will prove to you through my research that it's easy to do and it can actually be fun mm-hmm. once you know how to do it the right way. Yeah. So those are the four things. It was the omnipresentness, the authority, the, the, he, the skill, and that he's cracked a code there's something new here to learn by reading this well book. and and the the potent i would add a the, another one which is the potential the potential power of this to do something in your life if you wanted to make some transformative changes in your life 
this is a great place to start because it is, sure. it, the, it's research backed. It's approachable too. Yeah. So let's yeah. dive into, uh, we do another part of our show. If you are new called, uh, personal experiences, uh, just take a, a minute each guys and run through, you know, what has your life been like with habit formation to date? Give people some context. Um, mm -hmm. I'll kick it off. So for me, uh, actually it started around 2012. So we're talking about eight years ago now. Um, mm -hmm. the person I just mentioned, Charles Duhigg, he wrote the power of habits. He actually came to Microsoft and he gave a talk when that book was brand new. And I met him, I got my book signed, and I was kind of really taken by this, this notion of habit formation. I, I had mm. never thought about mm. it that way. And I think for a lot of people, that was the case. You know, they're like, habit mm. formation? Like, what are you talking about? Like, I just do things. What do you mean? Um, and so I opened my eyes to yeah. the idea of habits, the power that they had in my life. Um, and it made me interested in how I could improve them. Uh, mm -hmm. And so it, the, the, my biggest takeaway, I walked away from that. I was like, wow, I, you know, it kind of feels like, you know, habits, um, there may be a key to a happy life, you know, in a, in a weird way. Um, and, but the thing is, they, they also seemed really, 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 really hard. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and my personal experience is every time I try to do habit formation, it usually peters out. It usually dies out after six months at, at best case. Um, and so it, it's a little depressing. So, uh, but now I, now I feel powerful. Now I feel like I can change that. So I'm curious guys, what, what are you about? What about you, Darren? Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll share my experience. I mean, I think, um, I've always been the type of person, well, not always. I think I learned early on that, um, if I want to make a change in my life, trying to do something like uh, drastic or cold Turkey or, or like a phase shift in whatever it is that I'm doing <clears throat> just doesn't stick. And so I guess person, my personal experience early on has always been like, okay, you know what? Um, I can change something kind of like 1% and it's almost unnoticeable, but if I'm a little conscious about it and I continue to do it, um, it's something that I can get to stick. And then I, I've always been a fan. I talked, I've talked about this on other episodes, this idea of compounding interest. And oh, yeah. I think about that in terms of the, do, making changes in my own habits. So I've like tweaked my morning routine a little bit. Um, and it, it's not anything I think about anymore. It's just the th kind of things I do. Like, I think I've talked to you guys on a show like over a year ago. I was like, yeah, my goal is to, is to lose like 10 pounds. Okay. So that's been like two years and I'm doing it and I'm on a track to do it, but I'm not getting, I'm not, I'm not freaking out if I haven't lost five pounds in a week. Right. Right. Um, I just think about it like, you know, you just do one little thing at a time and, and slowly over time you get things. So that's kind of been my personal experience to how I manage my life in, in my professional life. I've always been fascinated by this idea of, of, uh, habit forming products. And so I've been a, a, a follower of, a, of another author, which I don't think we've discussed on this show, uh, Nir Eyal, who wrote a book about how to build habit-forming products. And this was this opened my eyes to the science of habits. And and it you know you can actually uh, identify in different product experiences that you have in life how they are they are engineered to sort of create this habit. Everything from like obviously like a slot machine and what it does. Um, to things like social media and there's parallels between those, the way those things operate. And so mm -hmm. I've always been very like curious and interested in the science, the psychology of, of habits. Um, and so that's the other aspect of this that I think is really interesting. And I think this book, I haven't read it, but I, I know a little bit about it from talking to you, Ian, 
I feel like it might actually fuse the two of those concepts for together. sure. Yeah. So, so how I'm pretty you? excited about that. How about you, March? So I heard of BJ Fogg, um, uh, about 10 years ago. And, uh, back then he was sort of just publishing research articles out of Stanford, uh, on his habit research. Uh, but even back then, I was just gripped by it. And really, I found it very compelling for a lot of the same reasons that you guys talked about, right? Of like my own personal experience of trying to build good habits and break bad habits and just failing to do that, combined with just his sort of structured, um, sort of tiny approach. And actually, I I, I went back to my email and teeny, that's right. Uh, uh, he, he used to offer uh, virtual workshops over email. Um, and oh, I, still I paid does? for one. Oh, he still does. Okay. So I paid yeah, for one back in, again. in June, 2012 was when I paid for mm. mine. And it's essentially, you get an email and it's timed to be over the course of like four or five days where you get these emails to sort of give you an introduction. And then you choose three mm. tiny habits that you want to change either start or stop. And then he gives you like drip by drip. He kind of gives you like a, a daily instruction on a thing to do today so that it's, it's built up by by the end of the day. So I, it's funny. I think I, 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 again, I haven't read the book. I think I know the kind of underlying thesis of, uh, his method. Um, but what I would be curious about, especially, you know, today is over the last eight years from, from when I did that workshop to now, how has his method evolved and how has he learned even more what is effective for people and what is not? Because some of those habits have stuck, but some of them didn't stick. Um, yeah. and, I, and I wonder how much it, there is that is sort of like he has done the kind of um, reverse engineering analysis of like, what what is it? What are the sort of behaviors that tend to lead to success? Because now he's had, if I was doing one of these workshops eight years ago, like he has this really broad set of research um, right. of what has been working and then the track record for people of how long they've been doing it. Mm. Well, yeah, let's dive cool. in. Let's 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 dive in. Uh, yeah. You guys pepper me uh, with your gotta, questions. You've got to educate us on this anyway, Ian. So why don't you start off by giving us the core concepts? Because um, I know a little about them, but I don't know the whole thing. And I think March sounds like the same way. So give us the give us the overview. What's the right. what's the core concept here? Okay, so I I think that there's about four four major core concepts, um, mm -hmm. and and he outlines them pretty early on in the book. I mean, the idea is number one, you got to pick a behavior that you want to that you want. Right. Yes. Pick a behavior that you want to be something a meaningful habit. to you, I guess. Is yeah, the idea I mean, there. I mean, the idea behind tiny habits is uh, start small and grow it. Right. Right. Um, and so that's the second thing, which is make it tiny or teeny. Uh, and so pick your habit, make it tiny. Number three, find where it fits naturally in your life. And okay. then number four, nurture the growth of that. And and. Mm. You know, you might hear me say all four of those things and they some of them might seem obvious. Some of them might you might go, what does that mean? That's OK. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's why there's a whole book and we're going to talk for you know another half hour on this. But that's yeah. the kind of four things. So pick a thing, make it tiny, uh, find where it fits in your life, nurture the growth of that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's that, yeah. that seems pretty reasonable. I mean, um, yeah. All right. I can follow that. I'm, I'm curious. So you talk. OK, so let me see. You pick the behavior. You make it tiny, you find where it fits in your life, and then you nurture it to grow. So why is, like, it's the name of the title, like, why is tiny such an important part of this? Yeah, that's interesting. I, I wondered that, too. And I think it's, he does actually list some reasons why it matters, uh, why the tiny part matters. 
Mm. And if you think about it, it's it's lowering barriers to entry and it's 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 making things easy, right? So mm. okay. uh, he says things like tiny is fast. So if you make a thing tiny and you go to do it, it's not going to take you very much time. And that could be a barrier. Tiny uh. can start right now. If something is tiny, you, you'll just go do it, right? It's like I think of that GTD thing, the GTD methodology. They say if you can do yeah. a task in under two minutes, do it right as you think of it. If it's going to take you more oh, than 10 minutes, right. schedule it for later. Yeah, Tiny yeah, yeah, is yeah, safe. So think about if you're doing a workout or something. If you need to do a weight lift or a push-up or something, if you just make it tiny and you're going to do one of them, you're not going to hurt yourself. And that could mm. derail you, right? Mm. Okay. Yeah. And so there's, there's a bunch of reasons like that. I mean, tiny is also, it can get really big over time. It's a compounding interest thing, right? Darren knows that one. Oh, yeah. And then the last one is it reduces your dependency on your willpower motivation, which is going to be a major key factor which that we're going to talk we've about. We've talked about that in the yeah. past, this idea that you can, you can only do so much through sheer force of will. Right. The rest of it has to be, you have to engineer it around that because yeah. that'll, you can burn out on that. That's it's going to be super key. We'll, we'll get to that part mm -hmm. more, but that one, it blew me away. Yeah. So I, I, the thing that you said that resonated with me, was the low barrier to entry. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's exactly, I mean, it just, it just, it just resonates with my personal experience, which is why I, I like to do things in small bits, but talk to me about the science behind this. So there's this there's a he's got a behavior model that he talks about right can you mm -hmm. explain what he what he does there yeah so i mean this gets to some of his research and i love how he illustrates it so uh we will put a uh the image in the show notes but yeah. there's something called the fog behavior model and it's an equation so it's b equals map map uh okay. b equals behavior okay and then the map is motivation ability prompt map and so your motivation, ability, and prompt all converge at the same time to trigger a behavior. That's why the map equals B. The behavior I equals motivation, ability, prompt. Um, and then what he does is he visualizes it on a two-dimension little like graph thingy. Um, and if you look at that, it, it will make a lot more sense. Uh, mm. But the idea or the, the key concept is that you know everything is converging at one time to trigger a behavior. So I th I'm... I'm if I understand this correctly, the, because I like the equation, like behavior equals motivation, ability prompt, the motivation thing is like, it has to mean something to you, which is, you know, what you, one of the things you said is like, pick a behavior. Um, so your motivation is I want to, I want this to change, whatever it is. Ability is about that friction that we talked about earlier. And then prompt is something a little different. Um, but that sounds like it's part of the process as well, huh? Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, this, this whole thing, this equation actually resonates with me, like I said before, like this idea that, that the, the behavior equals this motivation, the ability, and then the prompt. I'm curious about what this, how do you think about this equation in terms of helping us understand more about habits and how they form? Yeah. I mean, this was that key part that I was saying about motivation. So, mm -hmm. um, one of the things that you really want to think about is, uh, why do our habits kind of peter out over time. That was that thing mm -hmm. I was mentioning earlier. And so the the idea was that the more motivated you are to do a behavior, the more likely you are to do it, right? That makes sense to us. And so when your motivation's high, you know, uh you will take whatever action that you need to do even if it's hard to do. But mm -hmm. when motivation starts to go down, you know, yeah. it it that's when things get tricky, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so the less motivated you are to do something, the less likely you are to do it. The, the inverse of that right and so yeah. 
the the interesting part of this and why that fog behavior model is so fascinating is it basically shows you that there's another axis on the graph. There's another reason that people do stuff, that they do habits, and it's your ability. It's how hard or easy something is to do. And the idea behind it is if something is easy to do, even if you have no motivation, then you yeah. will still you will still do it and it will yeah. stick. I think that, that that's another piece that resonates with me. And I go back to my personal experience when I think about this. And I think I've shared this on the on the podcast before where um, I always kind of knew uh, I needed to eat a little better. I needed to work out a little better. It wasn't until I had a sit down with my doctor uh, and I wasn't in, in bad health or anything, but I had a sit down with the doctor. He's like, OK, let's talk about, you know, you being um, 35 like and and he's like, the way that you're, the way you're going to treat yourself, the way you, you create habits for yourself in your thirties and forties, um, and even into your fifties is going to dictate your quality of life in your fifties, sixties and seventies and beyond. So now is the time to be establishing better habits of, you know, eating and exercise and stuff like that. And I started thinking about that and that ended up being the motivation for me to begin to make some changes in the way I was doing. But before then, I mean, I was, I was in my early thirties, I was eating and I was eating and behaving the way I was in my, in my twenties and, um, which, you know, good times, but, um, it's not sustainable. No, it's not. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Um, uh, by the so, way, I just wanted to, to throw a shout out for listeners. Uh, March's internet just literally failed on him. So if, oh, yeah. if you're wondering where he just went, uh, that's, that, that's where, so it, he may join back up, but we're going to keep rolling. Yeah. So I want to understand better this idea of high motivation is not helpful for new habits. This was something that is not intuitive to me. And so I, give me understand, help me get there. Yeah, this was the, I mean, this is one of the big takeaways from the book for me. It was like the aha moment, right? Right. And so it was really that motivation actually sabotages us uh, okay. with habit formation because it takes the place of making things easy, the other axis uh -huh. on the graph, right? right? So if you have high motivation, think about it this way. If, you if your motivation is really high, you're uh -huh. not going to be, ironically, motivated to see if you can make your, your uh, behavior any easier to do. Oh, because you're willing to overcome the barriers. And exactly. so you're like, okay, I, I, it, so I think what you're saying then, if I'm understanding this, this high motivation means that you are, you will have a tendency to rely on sheer force of will, which right. we know from, from the research is not something that's long-term sustainable. So you're better off being sort of like, okay, I want to do this, but eh, my motivation's kind of whatever, because I'm going to make it easy so that it I get it. Yeah. I get and, it. Okay. and I mean, the it's interesting to there's a couple just quick things he says of why motivation is not good. You might be saying like, okay. well, why? I'm a really motivated person. Like, I got this. Right. And I mean, one, motivation is really fickle. Um, what we don't realize is even mm. people with high motivation, they can be pulled in many different directions. So like I'm a high motivator. I know that about myself. But right. if something comes my way that may be more important than the new habit I'm trying to form, let's say a family member gets sick, God forbid, or whatever right. it is, something at work comes up. That's a good one for me. I'm mm -hmm. going to be highly motivated to go execute on that thing at work and let right. my habits now fall to the wayside. And oh, I see. 
you see what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. I I didn't th- I didn't understand what you meant by fickle in terms of motivation, but then when you explained it that way, it's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna jump from one thing to the next, and then I'm gonna forget about that. Yeah, okay, I, that makes sense. Yeah. So in the show notes, you mentioned a phrase, a term, and I guess it's a it's something um, that that B J Fogg mentions called magic wanding. But what is that? Explain what we're talking about with that. Yeah, magic wanding is a method in which you specify your aspiration or your outcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, one of them could be, let's say we say reduce my stress, right? Mm-hmm. And then you brainstorm a bunch of ways that you can get to that state. And they okay. call that a swarm of behaviors. It's it's a bunch of ideas, right? A bunch sounds of, like goal setting in a way. It sounds like I'm bit. envisioning where I want to go and I'm envisioning kind of like how I'm going to get there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the goal setting is more about specifying the the behavior and then oh, the, the swarm of behaviors is like how, yeah, what are the things you're going to do to make that behavior happen? Right. Okay. Um, so for the reduce my stress example, you might say something like, um, I could, you know, my swarm of behaviors might be move to Maui, uh, hmm. uh get a dog, which you're, you're working on, uh, get a pay hey, raise tomorrow, tomorrow, uh, go walking every day, meditate, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Like there's a bunch of behaviors. So then what happens with magic wanding is you ask yourself three questions about those behaviors. You say, number one, what behaviors uh, would you do one time? You mean how many, which behaviors are, am I willing to do just once? Yeah. Yeah. I got it. So the ones that are maybe a little distasteful or the ones that you can only do once, like move to Maui. Right. Right. And and, sorry. And I I misspoke. I meant um, not questions. These are uh, categories for the behaviors. Like you're going to categorize the ideas. Oh, I see. I see. Um, And so you would say, what what, what are the ones that I would do one time? What are the ones that uh, that are new habits that I would need to create? And Mm. what new habit would you stop out of these? So those are the three kind of categories of things that you would magic wand about. And I see. so it helps you kind of brainstorm and we'll talk about this coming up, but that, that you actually place these ideas, these um, yeah, yeah. swarm of behaviors, you place them in different areas on a, basically like a four quadrant little chart. Um, yeah, and he, yeah. phys- he actually asked people to do this, like in his sessions and trainings, like you, you will do this not every time hmm. in the future, you'll start to get a mental model in your head of how, like, okay, this is, this idea is kind of one of these ideas or whatever. But the first yeah. time you do it, doing it, and there's pictures in our show notes and stuff. The first time you do it, it's really helpful to put it on a graph. Okay, so I've I've done the magic wanding. I've figured out that I I want to make this change, and I figured out where I want to go. And I'm I'm imagining these behaviors. I've got them in my categories. What do I do with it from there? Like I yeah. I have to decide which of these are I'm gonna do. So I have to sort of come up with some stack ranking. How do you do that? Right. So that's that's literally this this four quadrant thing. Um, he yeah. calls it a uh, a focus mapping. I was trying to think of okay. The term. So focus oh. mapping. I've is, heard of focus mapping before. Oh, good. It, okay. Maybe in maybe in this context, but yeah, it's a familiar term. Well, so the whole idea of this is, okay, you've brainstormed a bunch of ideas, your swarm of behaviors. How do okay. you figure out which ones are the best ones to go do, right? Mm-hmm. And so you put a focus map together and it's basically, like I said, you just draw two lines, right? Yeah. Super simple like this. And, and on the top are going to be things that are high impact behaviors. So okay. you're going to say, these are very effective at helping me do my behavior change right and it's just it. your choice like you you think of it mm. um and so on the top is high highly effective on the bottom is low impact so they're not effective at helping me do the thing uh mm. then on your left to right you're going to say on the left you're going to say uh no or yes 
The no is I can get I can't get myself to do this behavior. So, mm. you know, you may have come up with an idea, like, let's say move to Maui and you really ask yourself, <laughs> can I really get myself to do this? Right. Right. And you might have to say, I, I just I can't really see myself the, doing that. Maybe there's soon. too many barriers. Right. Like right. or maybe you can. Maybe house. your wife can't or whatever the thing. is. Yeah. You know? Although I would say I was going to say, you know, maybe your spouse doesn't want to move. To Maui. In my case, my spouse is yeah. would be. What spouse spouse is going to say no to that? Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, And on the other (laughs) side, you're going to say the things that you can say yes to. Right. Super simple. So the whole idea of this is your top right quadrant is going to be the stuff that you can say yes to and is high impact. And that is called your golden behaviors and anything in there that you can say yes to. You can really see yourself doing and you think is high impact. You should be going and doing. Yeah, this has kind of like a a flavor of the Eisenhower matrix in a weird way. Yeah, it's not exactly the same, but it's kind of like what we talked about with that. Yep. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. So I, I totally get it. So the idea is don't waste your time on on beha- on little behaviors that are either extremely difficult mm-hmm. uh, and you can't do, regardless of whether they're effective or not, or um not effective at all, even if they are easy to do, because then you're just wasting your time. So then it becomes, so, so let's talk about this aspect of one of these dimensions. So, uh, one of these dimensions is, um, I can do it. And so talk about that's the, uh, your ability effectively. So what is ability? What, what role does ability have in habit formation? How does that fold in? Well, we talked about it earlier. Do you remember I was talking, we were talking about motivation Mm -hmm. and this is ability is literally the, the opposite or the antithesis to motivation. Because ability do, is not interesting, fickle, right? Okay. If you, oh like, yeah, you can always do it or not. It, like, think about it. If you're Tiger Woods, like you can yeah. always play golf, right? You, <laughs> you don't just stop playing golf. You don't just forget how to right. be good at golf. Um, you know, just like we don't forget, we don't, we don't come downstairs one day, one morning and go, how do we podcast? How does it work? How does the mic? Like, no, we have ability. It's not fickle. <laughs> we have technical difficulties sometimes. No, that's, that is That's true a whole different thing yeah. for March with his internet right now. Um, I know, right? But I mean, so that the idea is ability is the most reliable variable in the mm-hmm, whole B mm-hmm. equals map, the the behavior model uh, uh, equation, right? It's it's yeah. super reliable. So it's it back to friction in my mind. Like it's just it, you got to be able to do it and you have to be it has to be. I don't want to say easy, but that's the only word that comes to mind. It's like, how how can it be easy or is right. it possible for this thing to be easy? Well, I like and, that. and the, the idea is that uh, starting tiny is one way to to kind of um, mitigate the unpredictability yeah. of motivation. Right? So this gets back to the whole idea of that you mentioned at the beginning of the show, which is the benefits of tiny. You know, tiny is is yeah. easy. Tiny is safe. Tiny. Oh, OK. That makes sense. Well, I was going to say there, there's an example with push ups that I really like. Um so like, that's actually a habit I should pick up. <laughs> yeah, I know. I need some strength training. We got to go listen to the old episode training. we did on that. Yeah. Uh, there's a shout out for another episode. Mm. Um, so, I mean, like the idea is that tiny improves the A in the equation, right? The ability. Because is you make something and that literally goes back to the, the, the two line graph, because on mm-hmm. the X axis of the graph, the part that goes horizontal, right. that was ability. And it was from hard to do to easy to do. And right. so if you increase ability, it moves you down the line and it makes the thing easier to do, right? If, you, okay. if you're Tiger Woods and you have a great ability to play golf, golf becomes right. easy, right? 
And so by yeah. making it tiny, then you are increasing your chances of it being easy. So if I told you uh, to do one push-up instead of 100, you mm -hmm. would go, my ability to do one push-up is high. So it yeah. is now easy. Mm -hmm. And and you're likelier to to do that behavior, right? No, I think that makes sense. I mean, um, especially as it relates to push-ups. Yes, I can do one push-up. <laughs> I'll I'll be right back. I, I'll go do right? it right now. Yeah. So so that's the process. So so tiny is sort of the key to to making things easy. That was going to be one of the things I said. Is like, how do you take a big behavior and make it easy? And it, right. it sounds like you make it tiny. That's what you do. You break it down. So then. There's this other idea that uh, you had mentioned around action prompts or yeah. anchors. Yeah. And and talk to me about action prompt action prompts and anchors. What role do they play there, and how are they? How do they work? This was the other. I think uh, other than the behavior is not is fickle. Don't rely on it. Um, yeah. Make it easy and and look at ability. This was mm -hmm. the other huge one, and I and I've literally been using this, Darren, and it's working. Like it's okay. magic. So teach me idea. how. Yeah, here's the idea. And I literally said that action prompts are magic. This is what I put in our show notes. So they're better than other types of prompts. Um, mm -hmm. And so action prompts are using a behavior that you already do as a okay. trigger for the new habit. So oh, the existing habit is already stable and solid, right? Mm -hmm. And so you're trying your new habit, you're tying your new habit to something that is reliable. I see. It's really this is, interesting. This is also you the other phrase you mentioned was anchoring and it sounds like that's exactly mm -hmm. what this is. I see. Yep. I'm anchoring, I'm taking a new behavior and I'm just I'm I'm lego legoing it on to something I'm already going to be doing. Yeah, it, I mean, and think about it this way. You might be saying, "Well, why does that work?" And mm -hmm. the reason it works is because um it the anchor is going to happen. Like you literally picked out an anchor and it is an anchor because yeah. you've said this this happens all the time in my life. It is a habit, right? Right. right. And so the idea is that behaviors happen as a sequence of actions, right? And you can mm -hmm. hack the sequence by, uh, by basically putting a tiny habit into an existing sequence rather than writing new code, right? I see. I see. I see. It's almost like, um, yeah, it is. I like the idea of hacking the sequence. It's basically looking at the behaviors that you have today, saying, what are the ones I'm already doing automatically? Okay, great. I want... I want to add push-ups to my morning routine. Okay, right. let's talk about my morning routine. What are the things that I do just naturally? Oh, okay, well, this is the order that I do it in. Okay, I'm going to add the push-up routine here. Right. Right as I'm beginning, you know, right before I, you know, put my clothes on for the day or whatever. Can I correct one small thing? Really important. That okay. when you do this with an anchor, you have to do it after the anchor. That's just how it oh. works better. So what I you would see. say here, they actually give it literally a word formula. You would say to, to create an action prompt formula, you're going to say, mm -hmm. after I do anchor, I okay. will do new habit. So let's do an example. After I brush my teeth, I yep. will do one push up. Right. Oh, I see. I see. And so yeah, you're yeah, going to yeah. brush your teeth every morning. It's already a habit in your life. Every morning. Stick the, and then what, the key evening. thing is you make the tiny little thing so easy that mm -hmm. you can't not do it. You, you would like yell at yourself mentally. You'd be like, how can I not do the one push up? Like if I can't do that, then well, like, and forget and it. And I'm, I'm sort of, I'm sort of like extrapolating from this experience a little bit. Right. So like <clears throat> if I'm able to do that, that now I've made it tiny, I've made it, uh, relatively easy. I've anchored it to something I'm already doing. I'm going to get a little bit of a, um, 
I don't know, a little sense of satisfaction. I'm like, okay, I did, you know what? I did my push-ups today. Yeah. It could be one and then you build up over time probably, but whatever. I've done my push-ups for the day. That's actually pretty satisfying. So there's an emotional component yeah. into this as well. Talk, yeah. us, talk to us about emo the emotional component of habits because that, that must be playing a role here. Well, yeah, I mean, he talks about how too many people rely on the myth that repetition and frequency create habits. And that's not true. Oh, I thought that was true. I thought that was true. No, it's it, he. His research has proven that more than repetition or frequency, emotion creates habits, which is fascinating. Really? And so he's so he the satisfaction I'm talking about, or some flavor of it. A little bit, yeah. I mean, and and it is. Uh, it's about his research shows it's about how you celebrate. How how do you react emotionally when you've done the new mm, habit? The and reward. it has to be. It's very fascinating. His research. Uh, I mean, celebration is the reinforcement of a good habit and it encourages new behaviors. Okay. And the key thing is he talks a lot about this and there's a whole chapter. Celebration has to be authentic to you. So you can't mm. celebrate in a classic celebration way if that doesn't really, if it feels too hokey for you, if it doesn't work. Yeah. And the other key thing is it has to be immediate. So if you do the one push up, you can't put it off. Um, you have to literally, I'm not joking. You have to do the celebration within like 30 seconds of doing that one push up, or it mm -hmm. mentally won't do the right processes in your brain to tie mm -hmm. it to that behavior. And so if you delay mm -hmm. your celebration, like let's say like you did a good job at work. If somebody made a party for you like a year later, it's yeah. not going to help you do like feel good about that thing. It's like, too yeah, late. because you don't tie it mentally to that thing. I'm, right. I'm sort of thinking about this from, uh, I'm, I'm in my mind, I'm thinking of the push up example and I'm like, okay, well, chocolate is kind of a reward for me. So maybe I get like a Hershey's kiss every time I finish doing my thing. And then I'm like, okay, I just brushed my teeth. I did one push up, and now I'm going to get a Hershey's kiss. Okay. What, how do I go? How do, I need to do more than one push up. I need to do like a hundred. How do I go from one to a hundred? And if you tell me that I need to eat a hundred Hershey's kisses, I'm a little bit intrigued, but then I start thinking about it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get sick. Right. So, right. How do you go from one to a hundred? Uh, so when you feel successful, even with small stuff, then mm -hmm. your overall motivation starts to go up dramatically. And so then motivation, which we know is a real factor. If the only problem is it's fickle motivation lets you do harder behaviors. If you go back yeah. to that two axis graph, right? Motivation yeah. was the Y axis. And right. so as motivation went up, you could do a harder thing. And so just think about it. It's all starting uh, so to come together. So the relative barrier goes down because you've gotten just that much further down the path. Yeah. I mean, like it, take this push-up example. You started okay. with one push-up. You made it really easy. You pushed it way to this end of the graph on the ability, uh, and it takes very low motivation. Got now, a Hershey's kiss. as soon as you did it, you got motivated because you celebrated. Mm, so your I motivation see. just slid a little bit this way, which yeah, means yeah, you yeah. can do a little bit more. And so you're not relying on motivation. It's coming to you because you're relying on ability. And so you're, you're, and that's what gets back to the original statement around ability and motivation converge to trigger a behavior. But okay. you want to not rely on motivation. Let it come to you over time. I see. I see. So then, so it's, it's, it sounds like what you're saying is it's all about just one more small step for in mankind. the process. So start yeah, for mankind, uh, uh, good show on Apple, uh, Apple TV, by the way, uh, oh, for all yeah. mankind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So hey, can I, I, get can I it. say one thing? I just wanted to give you an example yeah. on the, on the, um, the emotion part. 
Mm-hmm. I wanted. To, I don't know if you've picked up on this, and I, I wish uh, Darren. Uh, I wish March was here too. Literally every episode after we hit end on on the Skype, I yeah. always make it a point. I don't know if you would pick up on this. I always make it a point to actually celebrate out loud to you guys, and I say, "Wow, guys, that was a great show. I really like." Yeah, that. you do actually. It's I specifically cool. do that after reading this book because that's my celebration to trigger. Yeah, that's your like high five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it's, a, it's a little thing, but it, it goes a long way inside my brain and it helps me reinforce the habit. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm curious about one aspect of this. So we've talked about the, you know, tiny habits using this process to create them. We've really only talked about, or at least in my mind, I've only thinking about good habits, right? Can you do this? How does this relate to bad habits? Meaning like, can you use this in reverse to break a bad habit or use it in instead of like use this exactly to break a bad habit how does that work with bad habits so bj fogg argues that the metaphor of breaking a bad habit you know the word breaking is misleading because you can't apply force to someone to overcome a habit and the idea of breaking it means that you're applying some force in there and so instead he says you should see bad habits as maybe like a rope And it has a Hmm. number of knots in the rope. You know, those ropes that used to hang down like in gym class or whatever. Right, right. And your idea is to untangle the rope one knot at a time and do that in a sequence and systematically. And Hmm. so he gives basically three phases to do this. Um, So he calls it his master plan of of behavior change Uh, because bad habits are a big, big deal. I mean. Uh, they're probably well, they can be yeah. as powerful or more powerful than than good habits. Like, well, like and they creep them. up on you. They yeah. creep up on you. Yeah. Right? He yeah. does make it a, a point, by the way. He does say, you know, there are certain bad habits that take like alcoholism or something like mm-hmm. that. Like you need to get professional help. Um, he's not claiming that you can just go use this to do it. It right. could probably help you in that. Journey, well, the process but, is probably similar in terms of yeah. the psychology of it, yeah. but you probably need to be managing it at you a want very some guidance. Clinical, you want a third party involved yeah, in that yeah. kind of thing. But yeah. if you're if you just have some some general bad habits, um, like I mm-hmm. stay up too late, classic one. Uh, so the number one is the phase one is really interesting. It's focus on creating new habits first, not breaking okay. the bad habit. Focus on creating new habits. So let's take my sleep. If I stay up too late, focus on creating some good sleep habits first rather than fixing the I stay up too late problem, right? I see. Then number two, the phase two is then focus on stopping the old habit once you've put in place some good habits first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then number three, if necessary, you can swap the 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 bad habit or the new habit for the old habit. Yeah, I was going to say when you said, when you I thought that's where you were going to go when you said try don't worry about breaking the bad habit establish a good new habit and then i thought oh and then you swap them you you replace the good for the bad and all of a sudden you don't miss it as so it's not like you miss it right it's just that now it's yeah actually it seems like that's a multiplier effect in a weird way because now you're stopping something bad you're replacing it with something good it's sort of like that's the idea double net positive yeah you know what i thought about it's like you know when um you ever done this with food my wife and i do this Mm -hmm. where you say like uh if the idea is to stop eating ice cream, it's almost better to find other foods that you also enjoy that are healthier yeah. and just start eating more of those. Totally. I, I absolutely did that. It's so I, much I, better. I love ice cream and I, I shouldn't really eat ice cream. I, I It's not good for me in a yeah. couple of different ways. But um, I do like chocolate. Right. And I do like dark chocolate. So it's like, okay, when I'm feeling like I want ice cream, first of all, there's no ice cream in the house anymore, which is usually... Well, usually there's not. There happens to be right now. But, 
but then I'll just take like a, you know, bite of dark chocolate. And that, that is the replacement. Not that that's a good habit, but it's right. a better one. Hey, let me go through some uh, tactics for stopping bad behaviors. Cause I really like, this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good. So it's, it's how to attack uh, individual, he calls it ability factors in your ability chain. And so uh, just give me, I'll give you some examples. Um, one of them is about ice cream, which is funny. So increase the time required is the first one. So if the, uh, if Get there's a no ice cream, small spoon, <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's a really good example. A little tiny spoon. I didn't think about that. Well, his, his was a little more non-creative. I'll put it. Uh, his was like, don't keep ice cream in the freezer. So like, if you want ice cream, you have to drive uh, to the store. Right. Yeah. But I like tiny spoon. Please do tiny spoon. Teeny spoon. Yeah, teeny spoon. <laughs> um, the number one is increase the amount of money that's required. So his mm -hmm. example was uh, charge money or impose a tax on unwanted behaviors. Um, it's easier to do this for others mm -hmm. than for yourself. That's why taxes and yeah. governments exist. Like they tax cigarettes and alcohol and different things, right? Yeah. To, to limit behaviors. Actually, it's a good point. It's an economic theory. You, you make yeah. something more expensive, you will get less of it. That's true. You can increase the physical effort. Uh, so his example was put the TV in the closet. He literally did this. <laughs> and make it difficult to turn on or find programming that you usually go to. Interesting. So that's, oh, it's funny you said that. So there's a really good uh, consumer um, uh, advocate that I, I listened to from way back named uh, Clark Howard. And oh, he yeah. talks about personal finance. <clears throat> yep. And he says, if you want to, if you have credit card debt and you need to break it, like take your credit card and freeze it in a block of ice, put it in the freezer. Because you might need the credit card in the moment of an emergency, but you don't you don't want to have it easily accessible. What you just said is the exact same concept. It's just like make it difficult, not completely inaccessible, especially if it's something that you might need, but just put it away. You know, another another version of this that I've heard from people is um, even how you place. I, I want to say the make time author told me this, mm -hmm. uh, but I've heard it yeah, from yeah. others. Even how you place your TV in your living room really makes a difference. So, so many people make the TV the focal point of the living room. Yep. And he said something like, we put it in the corner, but it's not like the way the furniture is arranged. It's not to mm -hmm. stare at the TV. And yeah. it's about like talking to each other and stuff. And if you want to watch the TV, we have to like slightly move the chairs and stuff. And that's, that's a mm -hmm. great example. Interesting. Increasing the mental effort is a really good one. So for example, using a really hard password on social media sites. <laughs> this was one that uh, both the make time guy and um, uh, Celeste Headley both uh, said that they do. Um, oh, that's right. So I forgot about that. Yeah. And the last one, make it make your habit conflict with important routines. So if you have to wake up really early uh, mm -hmm. it, to force yourself uh, to not look at screens late, uh, to have late night snacking, like, right you know, that's, that's a really good one. Make it conflict with him, with your existing routines. So, mm -hmm. you know, that new waking up early thing for whatever reason that will make yeah. you start to change your bad habits at night. So. Interesting. I like that idea. Yeah. So we're all about community here at the better show. We talk to the members of the community and we take ideas and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, how let's talk, talk to me about community. How do we support other people in their habit formation? Right. Like, how do you be a, an advocate for somebody when they're in, when they're trying to create a new habit? This, this was the part of the book that, um, surprised me the most. I would okay. say I was not expecting him to talk about this topic. And if you think okay. about it relative to most of the time we talk about habits, what is yeah. the, like, what, what, like every time we talk about habits, 
it's a very uh it feels like a very solitude or selfish uh pursuit right we don't talk mm -hmm. about how do we help others do habits it's just not a thing people do and so right. i was really inspired by this part of the book he kind of ends the book this way and he said two really simple but they're non-obvious things about how you help okay. other people create habits the first one was you need to help people do what they already want to do. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Because the opposite of that is nagging. You know, yes. you're, he's talking about sort of cheerleading in, a, in, a, in an interest, like in a, another way to put it, right? Yeah. And, and the reason you want to do that is the second one, which is mm -hmm. help people feel successful. And mm -hmm. when you yeah. help somebody do what they already want to do and you make them feel successful at it, his point was, uh, magical things will happen from there because they will start to increase their motivation because it all goes back mm. to the, you start to have a little bit of success. You did that one push up. Now mm -hmm. you have a little bit more motivation, more motivation. You will do other things. You will do other habit formations. You I will see. feel inspired. So like, let's, let's make up an example. Let's say I want to get Darren to lose some yep. weight. I really feel passionate about this, but Dar Darren's like, you know what, Ian, that's not what I really want to do right now. I want to yeah. uh, be a really good new dad to this dog that I'm, I'm about to adopt. No, you're well, you're about to adopt That's a dog. That's true. That yeah, is yeah. top of mind for you right now. Me mm. nagging Darren about losing weight is not what he wants to do right now, realistically. Like he wants to play with the puppy. That's what yeah. he really wants to do. <laughs> so if I help Darren do what he wants to do, he will feel so good and successful about that. He might then be more likely to say, you know, I, I should lose a couple pounds. Yeah, because there's a sense of satisfaction, a sense of success of having achieved something you do want to do. And then it makes you, okay, I get it. Yeah. It builds on itself, basically. Success breeds more success. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Exactly. It, it's, it was beautiful. I really liked it. It felt righteous. Like it felt like the right thing to do too. Like it, yeah. it, who could argue helping another person do what they want to do and feel successful is bad, right? Like, but his yeah. argument was it goes deeper than that. Like it has a psychological benefit. And it yeah. will help people create even new, like broader habits afterwards. It seems very positive, uh, which yeah. is nice. I mean, it's like, it's very, it's very pro person. Like right. it's very, like there's a human, uh, like a, a human aspect of it, like yeah. a pro human kind of a thing. So yeah. I like that. I like that. So what do you, what do we want to take away from this? We always do. We end our show with, um, you know, what do we want to, what do we want to try and adopt for ourselves right. on this one? So what do you, have, have you thought about something, a, a habit that you want to, that you want to adopt with this method? I mean, you've yeah. been reading the book, you've probably already done one, but have you got a, you got something? Yeah, I actually, I'm going to try to screen share really quickly um, okay. because I want to show you this thing called a habit recipe card. Oh yeah. I saw this. Uh, yeah. You're showing the In our show notes here. I'm going to make it big so everybody can see it. Okay, there we go. Mm -hmm. So this is um, what I wanted to commit to for my kind of uh, experiment or what we should go try. And mm -hmm. um, the idea is it helps you create your new habit. They actually, BJ Fogg literally recommends, and he, he has, we'll put a link in the show note. You can print this out. Mm -hmm, you can write mm -hmm. it down. You can create a couple of these on like index size cards. And this is the recipe for how you create a new habit and with this all is everything stuff, we just talked about exactly yeah. it's all in one shot so let's just walk through it real quick i think it's a great way okay. to end my yeah, yeah. my recommendation is let's all go make a couple of these and then we can report back on how it goes so yeah. you know the idea is you say after i and remember that's mm -hmm. the anchor moment 
So mm-hmm. what's that existing routine in your life that will remind you to do the new tiny behavior? So let's say uh, after I brush my teeth, right? I always yep. brush my teeth. And then yep. the next one is I will, and this is your new tiny behavior. So what's mm-hmm. the new habit that you want, but you're going to scale it back to be really easy. So I, um, I want to do 100 push-ups. I'm going to do one push-up. So after I brush my teeth, I will do one push-up. Mm-hmm. And then the last part is that really, really important celebration. So mm-hmm. something that you do that is unique to you that makes you feel positive inside about the thing. So for mm-hmm. me, I actually am hugely motivated by like Michael Jordan and stuff. And so, uh, and, and there's been that whole last dance documentary and all this. I stuff. was going to say, are you watching that? I haven't oh, seen I, it yet. My wife and I binged it and she wasn't as familiar. Is it was it good? Super fun. Oh, it's amazing. Really yeah, amazing. Okay. Very motivational. I got to check it out. I got to add it to my list. So I am going to think about Michael Jordan hitting his last shot and the whole uh, crowd erupting in, in for the last six championship that he won when they beat yeah. the Utah Jazz. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to I'm going to think about that after I do my one push up and I'm going to celebrate as if I was in the crowd at that moment when he hit the shot. <laughs> That's and a I, pretty significant celebration for one push up. But hey, I love it. That sounds fun. Right. And so that's the recipe. Um, I'm kind of curious, Darren, do you have anything in your mind that you could apply this to real quick, maybe to end on? I'd love to see you try the recipe. Yeah, I'll try the recipe. Actually, I wasn't, I was trying to think about how I would apply this until, and then when I saw this, it, it, it clicked in my mind. So we, we have a process that we go through when we're, when we're, uh, publishing the podcast. And one of the things I do is write our blog post and take the show notes and get it all prepped. And then, you know, get our social media and everything. So, um, I typically do all of that at one time, but I've been wanting to do some of it earlier just to make sure that, because I can, if I can do it in smaller bits, I can be more efficient about it. So I'd like to, I'd like to begin creating the template for the blog post and getting the website, uh, uh, updated and things like that, or at least get it, uh, get the draft going. It'll save me a ton of time, but I, and I can do it really quickly if I do it right after we record because okay. there's a ton of stuff fresh on my mind. So let's place so it inside the I template. So after you, what? After we, after I finish recording the podcast, I will create a, a draft, uh, a blog post and update the website. And then I'm going to celebrate possibly by going to make myself one of these cold brews. <laughs> there you go. That could work. That, that could would work. be pretty good. Uh, that could work. You know, one of the things that I'm fascinated by, um, I think it's maybe a thing for me. This is a thing I learned about yeah. myself is I feel really uh, good celebrating with others. And so like mm-hmm. for me, I was going to say my thing, if I was you in that, I would have like sent you guys both a message and been like, hey, I just created this. And like, you uh, know, yeah. that, yeah, but that's yeah, yeah. a me thing. And the really important part I wanted to end on is the celebration has to be what works for you. And so yeah, like, that's if a good point. for you, it's more about, you know, a treat of some sort, do that, mm-hmm. right. Do that thing. Um, mm-hmm. so anyway, that is, uh, that's the kind of recipe that you can go use. Um, that is, uh, what I would recommend is the kind of next step for everybody. Go try that out. Um, yeah. I think it's literally tinyhabits.com slash recipe. Yeah. But we'll put a link in the show notes. Um, oh, yeah. That. We'll have all of this stuff in the show notes. Possibly the draft being done in the next 15 minutes. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So um, maybe to wrap up, uh, I would say we did have a related episode on habits. Um, oh yeah, that that's right. Could, we should talk about that. Yeah, yeah, that we could do. Uh, it was building better habits, episode sixty-eight in our archives, mm-hmm. um, and we did one actually even more recently. I think in twenty twenty um, on building better habits uh, in twenty twenty. So you can go look in our mm-hmm. archives 
uh, scroll through your podcast player. Uh, if you're digging the whole habits uh, thing, we talked more in depth. It, habits are powerful. I'm glad we've covered it before. I'm glad this is an interesting new dimension to some of the other things we've talked about. It's touched on a couple of other things, but there's a di- it's a different way of looking at it. I like this. It really is. Uh, maybe what I'd wrap up with is um, out of all the stuff I've read on habits, this has been my favorite. Uh, mm-hmm. I think for I all like the reasons- the template. Yeah, for all the reasons I said in the beginning, like he's yeah. he's the authority on this. He really mm-hmm. knows what he's talking about. He's been doing it longer than anyone. He's not, I'm not knocking any of the other books out there, but he's not just a journalist or uh, right. a blogger that's covering this topic. Um, mm-hmm. He is a- Behavioral scientist. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. And and you gotta, that, that matters. Like he's thought about this from many angles. Um, one of the things maybe to wrap up, because March had asked this before, unfortunately he had to, he had to or he didn't have to drop off. The internet dropped him. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah. before that happened, he had mentioned he took the class. So BJ Fox oh, still yeah, runs right. this course. Um, we'll put a link to it. It's the tiny habits five day program. Uh, March mentioned that this he paid for it. One. It's actually the free email, now. Right? It's, you don't have to oh, pay is for it. Totally free. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's kind of cool. And, uh, it's a five day program. Um, basically mm-hmm. you sign up, you get a 25 minute, uh, getting set up, uh, like, like session and mm-hmm. you watch some videos, uh, you design three new habits. And then Monday through Friday for a week straight for five days, you mm-hmm. have a three minute per day practice and you respond to a daily email from one of their coaches. And oh, that's nice. it. That's all you do. It's less than 40 minutes total uh, and it helps you create a new habit. So that's really, really cool. Um, we'll put mm-hmm. a link to the show notes in that. Um, yep. So that's, that's kind of the gist that. of it, Darren. Um, I love this book. Cool. Yeah. I like it. It added a new, it added a new bit of understanding for me about habits. And like I said, I, my favorite part about this was the the recipe card. Frankly, it, that, that encapsulates everything we talked about into one little, one little tool that you could, that you could use. And it makes sense. After I do this, I will do this. Then I'm going to celebrate. And you actually, in my mind, I would like, Oh, cool. I actually have something I can look forward to. Yeah. The anchors and then not relying on motivation were my two big mm-hmm. takeaways. Yeah, it's interesting. It's to- totally counterintuitive that motivational thing, right. but it makes sense when you think about it. You know, and it, when it exp- when it gets explained like we talked about, I think it makes sense. Awesome. Well, that's yeah. it. Uh, if you enjoy the show, please, uh, like we said, leave a review. Bettershow.io/slash/rate r a t e, and reach out to us if you have questions, comments, follow ups you mm-hmm. want to see, um, and we'll follow up in a future look back episode on uh, how some of our teeny habits uh, <laughs> went. And well, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll have March back update. on because I know March yeah, is we'll really Yeah, we'll have March back on for sure. And he can maybe say um, how how it went for him and, and that sort of thing. So Yeah. All right. All right, cool. Well, for The Better Show, I'm Ian McAtel. I'm Darren Austin. And we're wishing March Rogers well. <laughs> yes. Uh, and we'll be back next week with a new episode. Thanks for watching. Uh, oh, we should have mentioned yeah. bettershow.io slash YouTube. You could watch a video version of this show. Oh, yeah. That is uh, something we are uh, experimenting with. And uh, you could give us some feedback. We'd love to hear in the comments on YouTube what you thought. So uh, with that, uh, I'll see you next week, Darren. All right. See you, bud. Thanks again for listening to The Better Show. Three quick notes before we go. Number one, we really hope what you heard today can help you on your journey to getting better. And if it did, It'd mean the world to us if you could head on over to iTunes or wherever you found the show and leave a review. This is one of the best ways to help grow the show and ultimately the community that we're trying to build together. Number two, for links to anything you heard in today's episode, just head on over to bettershow.io. While you're there, sign up for our Better Show newsletter. 
where each week we send a summary of the latest tips, tricks, and hacks, and cool articles that we've come across in our journey to getting better. And finally, number three, join the conversation and let us know how you're getting better. On Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, just search The Better Show. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next episode.